It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Unfortunately, this week I was due to be talking to Emperor Ashley of your Indie Empire magazine. Unfortunately for her, she's not very well. And as a result of that, the big annual Tokyo Dome review show will be done by me. Now, to rectify the situation, because I'm alright and everything, but we need constant talk and conversation to improve things, I will find guests this week and record another review show that will be much better. <laughs> I will... I will do my best. We will go through the matches today. We will talk about stuff. Um, however, it will not be our usual all bells and whistles Wrestle Kingdom special, uh, unfortunately, just because of circumstances today. Hopefully I can catch up with a load of people this week and we'll have a show for you next week that's much more engrossing and full-formed. But for today, it is Monday. It is Troopany Showtime. So let's get started. Okay then, so the first match, and let's, let's talk about the cards in general to start with. The build-up for this year's Wrestle Kingdom has seemed a bit weird. In one sense, I've followed it a lot more than I normally do, and in other senses, I've felt a lot more disparate from it. And in this particular case, I thought it was really good, actually. I thought the build-up was just about right. And it's like, I think I've been a bit more involved this year with World Tag League, whereas I tend to come into January kind of fresh to the whole thing. I haven't watched too much build-up. I take a month off in December because of Christmas. Whereas this year, we watched the World Tag League final for the show. So I had a bit more idea of what was going on with the storylines. And it felt more fulfilled. It feels like they're going to the Tokyo Dome as a regular thing to do rather than as, you know, the thing that happens in January they have to go to. This feels more organic. It felt more natural. The big matches had much more of a story going into them. They didn't seem falsely put together. Maybe Jay White and Naito did because they had to have an IC title match. But, you know... Um, of course, Tessie Nato managed to work his way through and become a contender again. So that was like very interesting. So I think the actual build-up of the show was really good, and it felt much more natural than anything I'd seen before in New Japan. It feels like they're this global striding company, and they were putting their shows or putting their wares on show this year. So I was much more impressed with the build-up of the way the company had put together, and I think that was really important. Now, the first interesting thing for me, as far as I was concerned, looking at the show was, of course, the rise of uh, Stardom deal, right? So Bushy Road have bought out Stardom, uh, World Wondering Stardom, a show which, uh, well, a television a wrestling company that we've highlighted on here on the Troopany show an awful lot over the last five years because of my involvement with Alpha Female, who, of course, is a former World of Stardom champion, and because we think it's really good wrestling. And they have bought it kind of as a women's division. And there was a dark match featuring Giala and Hanakamura. They lost to Arisa Hoshiaka, and Mayo Iwatani, who in nine minutes and four seconds, who were putting together a show, putting together matches for uh, New Japan on this particular card. It was interesting this happened, of course, we didn't get to see it because they are funded by a different TV company, uh, not Ashai TV, who look after New Japan. They are funded, I think it's by Gaora TV, who look after their streaming service. So they can't appear on the New Japan, main, New Japan World main feed. Uh, which was interesting, but it's interesting they did okay. From what I understand from the people in the arena and the reports I was getting on Twitter, they did fine, they had a good match, uh, which was really important to make sure that they set their stall out with this new company really, really well. So that was important, and they did a good job, and it's nice to see. Now, how this develops with Stardom, 
And more interestingly, AEW, because quite a few wrestlers from stardom actually work for AEW, B Priestley being the most obvious one. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in, in the future. I think you'll probably get matches like this, dark matches on Wrestle Kingdom and on the big shows, rather than full-on cross-promotion. But it's certainly very interesting to see how it all develops. Next up was the eight-man tag match. Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks, and Toa Henry. They defeated Great Bashiel, Togi Makabe, Tomiyaki Honma, Yotosuji, and Yoi Yurimura. Seven minutes and 36 seconds of a fun, you know, beginner's match, really. It was like the, the young lions getting their airing, and, they, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting because a lot of the big names from the, the lion's den over the last couple of years have kind of moved on, you know. I mean, Shooter Umino... Is in London in Red Row at the minute, and he's doing. He's on his excursion. There's quite a few uh, who, others who are going on their excursions, and we're not completely au fait with all these young lions yet. But they're getting there, and they're showing their uh, uh, their words, as it were. Toa Henry takes the win in this match, and it was it was good fun, and you know it bodes well for the future. Carl Fredericks is going to be a superstar. He looks like it now, so I'm really looking forward to what to see what develops with this particular outfit. Uh, next match was a recommended cage match match, 6.26, <laughs> and I think that was a lot to do with the emotions of this match. Oh, sorry. No, it wasn't. The next match was the third generation match. Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima defeated Manubi Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata in 5 minutes and 47 seconds. It was just fun. It was what it says on the tin. These two teams have literally been wrestling each other for years. And I mean actually for years. And it showed. It was sick. It was super smooth. Nakanishi actually really tries at the Tokyo Dome. I think, you know, he's done so much there down the years. He really puts the effort in because he is a bit slow and he is a bit old. And the other three kind of carry him along. But in this case, he had more than held his own weight. Five minutes and 47 seconds. If anything, it was a bit short, but thoroughly enjoyable. Next, we get on to the most emotional match. Now, it's been, last week was Liger Week on the Troopany Show. We had two episodes devoted to Jushin Thunder Liger. And this was the first leg of the sad demise of Jushin Liger's career. Neko Seino, Raisuke Taguchi, Shinjiro Itani, and Tatsuhiti Takawa, they defeated Jushin Thunder Liger, Tutsumi Fujinami, the dragon, the great Sasuke, and Tiger Mask. Eight minutes and 52 seconds. This was just brilliant. For all these old guys who wrestle for different companies, coming back to New Japan for the first time in a long time in some cases. In fact, I never thought I'd see Fujinami in the New Japan ring ever again. WWE Hall of Famer, Tatsumi Fujinami. And there he was in a Liger dragon kimono with the, new, with the New Japan logo on his back. He's still very proud of being a New Japan pro wrestler. You know, Naoki Seino, who went off to UWFI in the early 90s and kind of like betrayed the New Japan system. Yeah, just absolutely astounding that you saw these guys back. And they all tried really hard for their friend. You know, it was, it was amazing to see. And I, I absolutely love this match. And Liger carried the weight, as he always does. That's the kind of guy he is. And, of course, he loses um, to uh, Taguchi in the end, I think it was. He loses to Taguchi's finisher, which shows you the kind of guy he is. He has this massive send-off, but he's still willing to put the younger guys over. All right, Taguchi isn't that young. But he puts the younger guys over at his own expense because that's what he's supposed to do. He's Jushin Liger, and he takes his business very, very seriously. Next up... Was Suzuki Gun, <laughs> Suzuki Gun, El Desperado, Minori Suzuki, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. They defeated Lij, Bushi, Evil, Sanada, and Shingo Takagi. Kind of a setup match. Really interesting to go to the Tokyo Dome and not hear Kozi Ninare. 
that's the first time that's happened in a very long time. Well, we kind of got a surprise the next day, but we'll talk about this to start with. Minoru Suzuki and El Desperado, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. This was just, it was, these two factions just work so well. They are such good enemies. And of course, it's all about Sonada and ZSJ at the moment. So watching these two kind of like plot themselves out and have a great match, it was it was just fun. Kind of did what it said on the tin. I've got a lot to fit in today, so I'm trying not to talk too much about things. But there was certainly something brewing with Minoru Suzuki. He seemed a lot happier than he did last year in the opening match uh, on the the, the six-man tag Rumble match. This year he seemed to have a smile on his face and go about his work with a spring in his step. And we wouldn't want to find out why for another 24 hours. But for 8 minutes and 39 seconds, this laid out the story specifically between ZSJ and Sonata. Next up was Chaos, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yano and Yoshihati, Yoshihashi going up against Bad Luck Farley, Chase Owens, Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi. 8 minutes and 17 seconds. Another faction match. This one was setting up uh, Hiroki Goto and Kenta uh, for their high-profile Never Openweight Championship match the following night. And again, it did the same thing really as the previous match did in 8 minutes and 17 seconds. But things you notice in this match, how important Chase Owens is to New Japan Pro Wrestling. I know we bang on about him, but he was the guy calling the shots. He holds Bullet Club together. He's the one that takes the spots in the right places, makes sure the match clips going forward. He's just amazing to watch as a wrestler. Um, and also Hiroki Goto looking like a surefire winner for the next day. He really, really did look like he was on form and Kenta looked a bit worrisome to be honest in the role that he was in but it all worked out for them with uh, this particular match was uh, with uh, chaos taking the win um but yeah it was a lot of fun for what it was uh you know chase owens and the one and only appearance at this wrestle kingdom from peter who did really well in the bodybuilding contest for new japan pro wrestling um she did a cracking job as always next up we had the first of many 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 title matches on this weekend Finn Juice! Dave Finley and Juice Robinson defeat Gorillas of Destiny in 13 minutes and 25 seconds in a cracking world tag team title match. I was so happy for this. One of the reasons why I kind of Ash isn't here today, she must be in tears for how badly Bullet Club did this weekend. And this is where the wheels came off. The five times champions of Bullet Club, uh, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, lost in 13 minutes and 25 seconds. But they look dominant in the process. And the really key things here, Dave Finley gets the win again. He got the pinfall victory with a cutter at the end of World Tag League. He gets the pinfall victory here. I think they're trying to build something around Dave Finley and Juice Robinson. A tag team title one would establish Dave Finley. It was kind of old school booking. You know, Gorillas of Destiny aren't losing anything by losing the straps at this particular point. They'll get them back later in the year because they're well on the way to being one of the greatest tag teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. But for now... It plays better money if you put the belts on Finn Juice. Their chase has been astounding, and hopefully for a while they'll get to keep the belts and establish themselves before a big money showdown with G.O.D. or any other team that comes along, because it's interesting to see where they can go with this. Plenty of options in the New Japan locker room for tag teams in the heavyweight division, and it, new champions kind of opens that up, so we'll see where we go. I think G.O.D. are a lot to lose the title, get the titles back sometime, somewhere within the year, but they had such a good year last year, I think they need a rest. And maybe, maybe Tango Tloa, oh sorry, Tam Tonga can have a singles run and use that mic skills that he has developed so well. The next match, the Texas Death Match. John Moxley and Lance Archer, 14 minutes, 20 seconds, 6 seconds of something that was sorely needed on this show. I don't necessarily think violence is the answer to everything. However, 
this wasn't what a New Japan show is normally about. It was something very, very different, and that was really important because they've worked so hard with these great technical tag team matches, they needed something that was going to change the dynamic of the show, and this worked really, really well. High-class matchup between two high-class wrestlers. Lance Archer has an incredible US heavyweight title run, probably the best since Kenny Omegas, to be honest with you. And John Moxley, he kind of upped his game for this particular show, and it worked really, really well. It was a very, very good matchup. 14 minutes, 26 seconds, some ungodly spots in this. These guys were going so hard. Lance Archer can be very, very proud of himself. He said earlier this week his deal with New Japan is deal to deal, is tour to tour, you know, and to put a belt on somebody who hasn't even contracted with you shows how much faith they have in Lance Archer. The work he put in in the spring to make the Dallas show a success really paid off for him in this title run. He was the right guy to hold it at the right time. He enhanced Juice even though Juice lost to him. He enhanced Dave Finley and got him ready for the World Tag League. He has been very important in this role and hopefully he's got things ahead for him. Moxley's Moxley. He does what he kind of does and he does his thing really, really well. It was nice to see him back in a New Japan ring. Not his biggest fan, but he really delivers the good when he needs to. And it will pop the American audiences in a way very differently from the way the old elite used to do because this is a bit more of a mainstream audience. And I think hopefully there should be some crossover to New Japan Pro Wrestling. But a big title match and a big title win for John Moxley. Next up, Hiromu Takahashi defeats Will Ospreay, 24 minutes and 33 seconds for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Here's how good this was. 9.61 from the cage match units. That is unheard of territory for these guys. It was astoundingly good. So well put together. So well written a story. It wasn't as stupidly dangerous as we thought it might be, thankfully, because these two have got older and more sense. It was still a breathtaking match. And Hiromo Takahashi walked into the Tokyo Dome a star, and he walked out a supernova. Will Ospreay did his absolute best to get Hiromo Takahashi over with that crowd. He was the right role at the right time. I've said a lot of things about Billiam in the last 12 months. Is he the best wrestler in the world? Well, with this performance, he takes a best, a much closer step towards it because he's as good in defeat as he was in victory. It was just so well told. The timing was perfect. These two wrestlers work really, really well together. Not a, too much ring rust on Hiroma Takahashi. There's a couple of slips here and there, but everything he does kind of looks rough and ready. One of the reasons why he's so popular is he's not perfect precision wrestler. He's a fireball. The closest I can think of is Mark Rollerball Rocco back in the day. He wrestles a lot like Takahashi did. It's very free-flowing and highly developed. And this was just something brilliant. Just something absolutely astounding to watch. And I'm a chaos guy, but watching Hiromu Takahashi win was just, just so good. Just so good and just such a good match. And he is such a draw these days. And he's coming back a much bigger star than he was in the past. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. And I recommend it to everybody. This isn't my New Japan bias. It's just like, this is as good as you will see this year uh, anywhere in any division. Osprey's talked about elevating his junior heavyweight title to be an equal to the heavyweight championship. I'm not sure he could do that on his own. He needs someone like Takahashi to have that charisma, to have that star power. He connects with an audience. He got a stuffed toy over. You know, to do that, he's something special. Um, and plenty of Daryl in action. So this was outstanding. And Takahashi is amazing. Well done to the ticking time bomb and such a great matchup from Osprey. I can't see what both I can't wait to see what both these guys do next. Next up, 
The Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, Tetsuya Naito defeats champion Jay White in 33 minutes and 54 seconds. Cage match users give this 8.48. It was just, I don't know. At this point, I was getting pretty tired. At this point, I was getting pretty tired. And 33 minutes and 54 seconds after watching an absolutely breathtaking match, Jay White gets stick for doing what he does, but he's doing all the right things at the right time. He's the best heel in Japan have, and he got the fans on fire, and they got him behind NATO, which is what they needed to do. NATO had to be the biggest babyface in the world going into this weekend, and Jay White pushed him over the edge. The pop when NATO won that title was just outstanding. It was just so loud, and the fans who had like every right to be tired, every right to be shattered, they just had four hours of the best wrestling show you will see all year lit it up for these two guys, and the heat that was generated was just outstanding. The only issue with it is the main event was going to suffer because they've just followed these two, you know, you followed the US title match, which was chaos, the junior tag title match, which is going to be the best match on the card. You've got NATO and White next, and they were really, really going for it. And it's an emotionally draining match. It wasn't technically as good as the main event or the match that went before it, but it was an emotionally draining match. And I was concerned that when we got to the main event with Okada and Ibushi, that the, the drain was going to fall out the end, of the, you know, the end of the show. I was pleasantly surprised that it didn't. But we'll go back to Jay White and Tetsuya Nato. NATO is on another planet with popularity as far as LIG is concerned, which is amazing because they're a heel squadron. They're supposed to be bad guys, but they are incredibly popular. So watching NATO's rise and redefining himself over these last five or six years into this superstar and this superstar of popular wrestlers, it, it, it just puts them on another planet. Jay White will continue to be a major player in New Japan Pro Wrestling, whether you like him or not, and most people don't. I do. I think he's very, very good at what he does. I think he does a great job, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, we'll talk about what they did next the next night. But yeah, Tetsuya Naito was the right guy to right win at the right time. And of course, we needed to know who was going to go into this double gold chase. Kazuchika Okada then defeated Kota Ibushi in 39 minutes and 16 seconds. So the two last matches were nearly a combined hour and 15 minutes of pro wrestling which is an awful lot for you to get your teeth into. If you put the last four matches together, it basically makes two hours of wrestling. You know, actual pure in-ring wrestling. All the title matches on this card even. Um, it was just outstanding. And Okada, I never stopped saying enough about Okada, about how great he is. And <clears throat> this was another case, you know, he's been wrestling Ibushi for a while now. I think their first like major event clash was the anniversary show uh, in his first big title reign when Kota was... Uh, <laughs> and they had an absolute barn burner then. And then Okada and Ibushi come together now. It's taken Ibushi a long time, about four years, to reach this main event standard. And we've been with him every step of the way. He comes in as G1 winner. He's got the momentum behind him and the fans are behind him. Okada is kind of playing a bit of a heel, but they blew the roof off this building. And they pushed the emotional boundaries told a story that no one had ever told before, and it was an outstanding professional wrestling match. And I've said that about every match on this card so far. There was no flat spots as far as I'm concerned. Yes, the early matches did their, what they were supposed to do, and this was a big show, and there was a good chance of getting a lot of wrestling fatigue. So let's go to the second night and see what happened there. Right then, we will go on to night two. The 5th of January, 
30,063, 40,000 on the first night, seven, just over 70,000 fans turned up to watch Wrestle Kingdom this year. It opened with a match I haven't seen. I will tell you that. I know the result, though. LIJ, Bushy, Evil, and Shingo Takagi beat the champions, Bullet Club, Farley, Bad Luck Farley, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. Robbie Eagles, Tomihiro Ishii, Noshihashi, Rosuke Tsuchi, Mutobi Yamakabe, Toriyano, and Suzuki Gun, El Desperado, El Desperado, and Tai Chi. <coughs> I think that may have been Dookie, Desperado, and Tai Chi. I'm not sure. Or Kanemaru, maybe. Anywho... Uh, I ain't seen it yet. Can't really say. Oh yeah, it was Yoshi Nubi Kanemaru. Uh, I can't really say what's going on in that matchup. So we'll have more to talk about next week when we get somebody else to talk about it. But the next match, which was the final match of Tiger Mask in the Tokyo Dome where he debuted in 1989 as Tiger Mask, um, was Jushin Thunder Liger and his age-old nemesis from the 1980s, Naiki Seino. They were lost as to Hiromi Takahashi and his... Love interest, Ryu Lee. Uh, yeah, really interesting match because Ryu Lee is in Los Ignorables in AAA and Yumemu Takahashi is in Los Ignorables to Hapon. Um, so they're both kind of in different companies in the similar faction. But anyway, that's one thing. But the actual match itself told an incredible story. 12 minutes and 16 seconds. And it was the story of the old guys trying to hang with the young guys and just showing a little bit. Not much. They were there to make sure Ryu Lee and Takahashi looked good and that's where you're supposed to look when you're a veteran you're supposed to make the next generation viable contenders and this just told everything in this matchup uh, night two may have actually been looking at better than night one consistently every match on this card has been rated by either six or higher by the cage match users and that kind of shows you the high standard this match had to be to be recognizable in this particular environment and i loved it jushin thunder Liger, you are the greatest junior heavyweight that ever lived and we hope you have a happy and long retirement. Next was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Title Match. Rapingi 3K showing yo from chaos with Rocky Romero defeated El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori in 14 minutes and 8 seconds. This was kind of the undoing of spots match. Everything that Taiji Ishimori and Fantasma have set up in the last six months as champions, where they do the standing on the crotch spot and all the other ball shot spots, came undone thanks to a couple of cups paired by Rocky Romero, bought by Rocky Romero. It was a bit of a silly storyline for a serious tag team match, but these two teams know each other pretty well, and they put something really entertaining together. And for the third time, Sho and Yo take Best of Super Juniors Tag League, and they make it into a World Tag Team title reign again. Arguably the best junior heavyweight tag team of the last five, six years, aside from the Young Bucks, but they beat them. So Sho and Yo are two of my favourites. They're awesome. Tantasmo and Taiji Ishimori do not lose out. They're kind of like the comedy heels at the moment. They will get more opportunities down the line. And Phantasmo uh, has worked really hard to uh, be where he is today. And as so is Ishimori. But I'm really impressed with Phantasmo because, you know, uh, two years ago he was living in Wolverhampton and wrestling for Rev Pro all over the country and for the British Indies. And he came here from Vancouver and he put the miles in and he did the job. And it's led him to the Tokyo Dome where he deserves to be because he's that standard of wrestler. So, yes, Rapingi 3K in a barn burner with Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, and Taiji Ishimori. Next up was the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. Zack Sabre Jr. successfully defends against Sonada in 12 minutes and 32 seconds. A very good technical wrestling matchup. Sonada isn't the technician that New Japan would like him to be because he's a different kind of wrestler. He is a guy who can have 
believable submission matches with Zack Sabre Jr. But Zack Sabre Jr.'s style is so much more fluid and so much more smoother. He always looks and makes Sonata look slow in the technical side. And Sonata's much better with the striking and the drop kicks and the flowing semi-aerial wrestlers. I think Zack Sabre Jr. is not his ideal dance partner. I'm not sure who is. <clears throat> and he's never going to get the big win because he's an outsider, because he's not a New Japan guy. So it kind of worries me in one sense uh, where they're going to go with him eventually. He's always going to be a big threat, and he is a big star, and he is useful to the company. But I think they've got to do something with Sonada to break him through to the next level, or they're never going to do anything with him, and he'd be better off somewhere else. And it's wonder I'm wondering if now it's now or never in the next two years, because... He's not going to have much of a career left. If they're going to let him run with it, then he'll run with it. And there are plenty of people in New Japan who have run with it. Kotribushi is a good example. He's not a New Japan guy. Kazuchi Kakada is not a New Japan guy. They became New Japan guys. But, you know, Sonata, for some reason, isn't quite at their level yet. And I don't understand what isn't getting in there because he is really over. Zack Sabre Jr., one of the best wrestlers in the world. His work is always outstanding and fascinating to watch. And his ability to antagonize and antagonize a crowd is just... Just second to none, uh, but thoroughly enjoyable matchup. 7.46 from the cage match unions. I agree with them. Very, very good for what it was. All right. Next up, John Moxley and Juice Robinson in the second US title match of the weekend. A belt that's rarely defended, has been defended for two months. Gets two outings in a weekend. Moxley and Juice, 12 minutes and 48 seconds. Moxley was dominant in this match. Juice Robinson really hasn't figured out Moxley. That was the story. Also, Robinson was tired, whereas Moxley seemed empowered from the war he'd gone through with Lance Archer. It just looked like Moxley was the man in this particular matchup. Juice was very, very good, but he wasn't good enough. And, you know, after winning a tag team title match, we kind of speculated last week a double championship would be great because it would kind of put him in the number one contender. Uh, whereas this one, it was a bit different, not so much. But yes, John Moxley and Juice Robinson, very impressed with both of them. But the most impressive thing, about this matchup was actually what happened afterwards because the match was good but it kind of ended on a squib uh, because Moxley won and the fans were like oh because Juice is really popular and then Minoru Suzuki's music hit and my god the pop and Minoru Suzuki walks out he kicks off his joggers takes off his tracksuit and runs to the ring with a smile on his face because he's got somebody to murder and the joy in his eyes he has someone he can kill and Moxley looked like a deer caught in headlights. And it was the best angle I have seen in that, in that kind of style in a long, long while. And we got to hear Cozy Nina in the Tokyo Dome, which is an annual event that we should definitely see, I think. And it was just outstandingly good. But yes, Moxley and Robinson, well worth the watch. Next up was the Never Openweight Championship match. Hiroki Goto and Kenta go Hell for leather for 16 minutes and 12 seconds. Goto wins his fifth championship. Kenta has been a very good heel. The story of Kenta's slow descent into villainy over the last six months has been a well-told story. And Goto is just the perfect underdog wrestler to really help bring that out of him. Goto wins the match. Kenta loses the championship but lost nothing in defeat, which was really important when we get to the end of the night. But for now, the way things were left... Goto looked like he'd sneaked it, and Kenta looked frustrated with losing, and he needed somebody to take that out on. We'll talk about who he took it out on later, but at this particular moment, 16 minutes and 12 seconds, 
Kent is looking better. You know, he's looking better than he was when he started with the company. He's kind of found his feet. He's found his place in Bullet Club, which is really important for him because he's like done 60 matches this year in comparison to the 40 matches he did on 205 Live in his final year. He's wrestled a lot. He's looked healthier. He's looked fitter. He's worked stiffer. He's worked harder. He looks at home. Uh, and Goto is, is just does the same thing every year. He kind of like starts getting wound up in around about November into doing something really good. And by the time he comes to Wrestle Kingdom, he's fantastic. Whether he can stick with it through new beginnings or not, we'll see. But yes, Hiroki Goto wins the championship. And that was excellent news for Chaos and for Hiroki Goto. Next up, Jay White and Kota Ibushi in the third place challenge match, which everybody hates. <laughs> Jay White got a lot of stick in this match because he cheated to win. And it's like, it's not the New Japan standard, but this is exactly the same thing that Devitt did, and to an extent what Kenny Omega did, and to an extent definitely what AJ Styles did. They cheated to win because they're Bullet Club. They're bad guys. They're not supposed to be good guys. They don't follow the New Japan order. They follow the New Japan organization and the New Japan will to win, but that's the way it goes, and that's what they're supposed to do. So I had zero problem with that. I think Jay gets a lot of stick because he's great and he has to cheat to win and it's still amazing to me that in this day and age of smart fans we're supposed to know the industry inside out people get riled up by that yes it's annoying but it's supposed to be there for a reason it's supposed to annoy you Iboshi didn't look like the absolutely superstar he did the night before you know the match with Okada was on another level and it's hard to do that twice and he was the guy who said he needed to do that twice to prove how great he could be and it kind of helped tell the story that he wasn't that good. He wasn't on the same level playing field as Jay White tonight. Jay, though he won by cheating, actually pretty much had control of the match for a lot of the time in the ring. So it kind of showed you that Ibushi isn't quite ready yet, which was a good booking decision and a good personal choice by Ibushi if that's what he chose to do. Um, I really enjoyed it, though. There was a kind of like a disappointment that this couldn't have been the main event for me. It was very, very good. Again, though, it's a match we've seen recently because obviously it was the G1 final. And I think they need to have a rubber match. It's one match each now. So that maybe that's the next thing for both of them to be able to move on. Is Jay White better than Kota Ibushi? We don't know yet. But we need number one contender for the next major events going down the line. And someone has to be that. And it's going to either be Ibushi or Jay White. At the minute, I think it'll be Jay White. But he's got to bide his time for other members of Bullet Club. I'll explain shortly. But as a third place match go, it was really, really good. 7.98 from the cage match users, which I think was a little low. I think it was more deserving than that, but that's just my personal opinion. Next, we have Chris Jericho and Hiroshi Tanahashi, 22 minutes and 24 seconds. 8.55 from the cage match users. It's all right. <laughs> Not my favorite two, favorite wrestler. I mean, I love Tanahashi. I should take that back. No, I do love Tanahashi. Tanahashi is outstanding. Jericho's alright in small doses, and 22 minutes and 24 seconds is far too much of a dose for me. Thank you very much. I kind of like went and made coffee a bit during the middle of this match, which is kind of like tan tantamount to heresy for a main event at the Tokyo Dome. But it was just okay, and it, it, it did what it said on the turn. I mean, the fact that Jericho can go as well as he is doing against Tanahashi at this level is astounding, and the fact that Tanahashi can do this with a guy he's never wrestled before is also astounding. But again, it just doesn't pique my interest. It's like I'm not... Uh, AEW would be better without Jericho for me. It's one, It's not one of the reasons why I don't watch every week. I see it kind of occasionally enjoy it when it's there. But Jericho to me just winds me up the wrong way. And it's not in a I want to watch that guy way. It's just I, I'm, I'm done. 
I've been watching him for 25 years plus now, and it's like, I want to watch somebody else in that main event slot. And he's still worthy, he can still go, but it's like the Liger thing. Liger has had, he's got, you know, he's not going to do the farewell tour that Liger's done and work the opening match. And to me, he kind of should be doing, he should be showing other people what to do, and he's still there, and he's still kind of like, moving in the spotlight. We used to accuse Ric Flair and Terry Funk, well, not so much Terry Funk, because he did put people over, but certainly Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, we used to accuse them of being in the spotlight too much. And I think, for me, that's what's going on here. I'm sorry if you don't agree with that, but again, it's just my personal opinion. And then finally, the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, Tetsuya Naito, the Intercontinental Champion, defeated Kazuchika Okada in the double gold dash, 35 minutes and 37 seconds. This was breathless. They were both trying to get it done early. They were both went for their finishes quite early on, 15 minutes or so in, because they were they were shattered. They were trying to like get everything done, move quickly. We can't, you know, they were telling this story of this has got to be urgent. We can't just keep banging into each other. This is this is gonna be hard work if we're not like together and don't get the win quickly. And this just gelled, just beautifully gelled. And I absolutely adored this match. And I am sad Kazuchika Okada is no longer champion. He's the greatest IWGP champion of all time. However, Tetsuya Naito's win was perfectly timed. It was well organized because two weeks ago, well, even two months ago, he didn't have a match at Wrestle Kingdom and he comes out of nowhere the way he should have done to win the championship. He becomes the IWGP heavyweight champion. The guy who was ranked fourth in this tournament comes out on top and it was the story that they needed to tell Okada so so over nato so over but so popular as well the fans have been patient they have waited and it has paid off on the biggest card possible a story seven years in the making and it ends in glory for tetsuya nato the ungovernable finally becomes the key man in the company and who is he met with straight away kenta comes to spoil the party as the roll call was interrupted by a sneak attack and that is going to be your New Beginnings main event. I have to say, these two days have been two days of the most emotionally draining wrestling I've ever watched. It's the reason why I'm not talking much today. I know it's going to be a bit short today, but I really want to talk about my feelings with somebody else, and I can't right now. So I'm going to find somebody to podcast with for this week so we can get you a show next week, which is a bit more back and forth, because there's so many things we need to talk about on this show. It's so big. So this is kind of just a taster. The main event comes next week where we will get into this a bit more, and we'll also talk about New Year's Dash. But for today, my name's been James Troopany. Thank you for listening to our Wrestle Kingdom review. Take care. You can find me at Sheriff Lonestar on Twitter. You can find the show at Troopany Show on Twitter and on The Troopany Show at Facebook and at Patreon, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. You can also follow our sponsors, powerslam.tv. Go check them out at powerslam.tv, uh, powerslam I think it is, or powerslam.tv on the web. Uh, and you can get a free month of use our code MULLETWATCH. And you can also go to Indie Empire Magazine, who sponsors this show. Uh, next edition will be out shortly. The last one, the Noah edition, was really, really good. You should go find that too. Take care, and I will definitely see you next week. Thank you, Justin Liger! Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.